Bruce Lawn. Twice a month, we do a Zoom call with our Patreon community and your questions asked by them. They make up the content. Um, some of this makes it into individual videos and some of it does not. Uh, how much should entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, charge for their skill set when barely starting off? Or if we should even charge? Um, for example, me, I have a camera, um, uh -huh. I have a good lens. And uh, I use it at my church for photography, and I've, I've gotten a gimbal. And recently, I've been starting to edit, edit some like short form content for my uh, personal channel, Exalt. Uh, it's like fitness slash mostly Bible studies right now, but I'm mm -hmm. transitioning into fitness super soon. And uh, how much should I charge? Because I had a client, a real estate client, uh, reach out to me on Twitter, like, oh hey. Um, are you looking to edit some videos? So I go over, I check out their their settings, how they want their videos edited. It's like basically just sitting down, me recording and them answering questions uh, on themselves. And I edit it, add some captions, um, but I don't know how to charge. And uh, I live in Cali, so I might need to charge a bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm using my equipment. Uh, I just want to make my money's worth, but yeah. at the same time, I don't want to overcharge nor undercharge my, my work. Yeah, I'm barely starting off. So there's going to be certain people that are like, never char, never, never do free work ever, right? And there's that whole school of thought, which I personally am not a fan of because it depends on where you are in the process and it depends on how well your skill set is and how popping your network is. How long have you been doing this and how good are you? That would be my first question to you. I am literally at the beginner level. Okay. I have really good experience in... Uh, Photoshop editing, okay, like for my church. Yep, but nothing to the extreme where I'm used to charging people. I'm used to offering work and then being, wow, this kid can do it. Right, but I, I am at the level of, oh, this is some good editing. Yeah, let's, let's make something out of it. Yeah, okay. So you're ground floor, basically. Okay, so there's a couple of ways to look at it. One, there is, well, you could figure out what the fair market rate is for someone that's starting out just like you. So if you were an intern somewhere, right? If you were the the entry level designer, if you were using a service like Fiverr to get more new clients, right? You could figure out what is the basics of what you're charging. That's step one. Step two is you let the market decide. What that looks like is you, you this is what I can do for people, this is what I could do and then say, what is your budget, right? What is your budget? And that will tell you fairly easy where they view you as. Now, sometimes people are super cheap and they're gonna try to finesse you, right? So that's always not, that's not a good gauge all the time, right? It's like, but it's an easy question. You know what I mean? It's a really easy question. Like just get to the bottom of it, what's your budget? Because somebody might be willing to pay you a couple hundred bucks. So that's a, that's an easy question. Like what's your budget, right? It sounds like where you're at, and this is just my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like where you're at is you need as much experience as you can. The model that I recommend for people when it comes to editing video photography is I would say find a plethora of recurring clients you could put on retainer, do a killer job for them on the first project to show proof of concept, and then try to get a retainer agreement with them, right? So maybe they would have paid you $200 or $500 for one project, but you do the first project for free, you crush it, you knock it out of the park, you need the hours anyway. Like, the truth is you really just need the hours as well. So you're in Oxnard by Ventura, there's a new uh, vegan pastry shop 
right? And you know that for that area of Oxnard, it's lit. People love vegan food and dessert, right? So you pull up and you say, hey, man, like you guys got this spot. Listen, you know how important social media is. Let me do nine videos and or photos for your Instagram. And I'm just going to do that on a house just because you guys are a new business. I'm a small business. I want to rock with small businesses in my area. I'm just going to do you a solid boom. You knock it out of the park with nine. And I say nine just because it fills a whole block on, on Instagram. Right. So you do nine between combinations of photos, TikTok, IG style videos, and you crush it. And then you circle back and 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 you say, hey, man, look, like, I, you know, you guys got a couple hundred followers because of this. You got some new referrals in. Um, let's would you would you be open to doing some sort of retainer? You know what I mean? And, and then say, because if you get three, four small businesses at five hundred to a thousand dollars for you to show up and do their social media once a week, that positions you in a really cool place. And now that's recurring money and not just one-off jobs. Because doing one-off jobs, you'll get burnt just doing a bunch of one-off jobs, right? So you develop, you need to develop the skill set, and you also need to develop the network. And you can do both. You can do free work to, to develop your network, while at the same time, by blessing your network, you're developing your skill set. And the more you do that, and the better you get, and the more results you provide for people, the more your, your network and your skill set is going to expand, right? But I don't think there's anything wrong with doing free work as long as there's a trajectory and we're aiming at something. And if I'm you, I'm thinking recurring revenue. That's the way I'm looking at it, recurring revenue. So I would just keep skill stacking with additional things and really lead with results. The more results you can create for people, the, the easier it is to, to, to do stuff. And by the way, and don't be afraid to trade too, right? You might do a freelance job for somebody for free. And, and, and because you do something for free, they might be willing to give you something for free in exchange. And that bartering could be very, very, very useful to someone that's just starting out. Example, like once I passed that breakthrough of, you know, starting out with free content for them and they love it, yep. I still kind of don't have a clear vision of how much to charge hourly for mm -hmm. the project. So this is where you got to network a little bit and figure out what other people are doing and figure out what other rates are, right? So like I have a guy who, ch who pays about two grand a month for someone to come in once a week, shoot their podcast, chop up their social media videos. I don't remember how many videos it is, but it's like one podcast a week. And then it's like, I want to say six to eight videos chopped up for social media. Once a week? Once a week. And they, they make two grand. So that's 500 a week. That's that's pretty good money for, let's just call it three hours of three, four hours of work a week. That's, that's pretty good money. I mean, that yeah. client will get you more clients like that. If you do that, for five clients, that's 10K a month. That's 120K a year, you know? And that and that shouldn't take you 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. And then if you can, and then, and then what you do is you could take that experience and launch your own thing. You could start creating systems. So maybe you're the face of the business, but someone else is doing the editing and the, like the, the heavy lifting that maybe you don't want to do. Or you then narrow it down and find one person that you want to work with and, and have some type of pay structure and incentive structure where maybe you can make 120K on your own juggling five clients or let's just say 10 clients or you can find one client, make 70 with them, but that, that 70 could turn into a couple hundred if you're their, their D-Rock to their Gary V.
right? Like Gary mm-hmm. B had D Rock. D Rock worked for free. Then he got him a salary, and now Gary then D Rock's making way more money because he's been there since the beginning. Yeah, great. That answered my question right there. You know, networking and asking those around me. Yeah, to do something similar for the <clears throat> yeah. price is great. Yeah, cool. your, your you. network and your skill set. Those are the two variables, right? Your network, your skill set. If you have a great network, you could you could you can you could expand your skill set by blessing your network. If you have a great skill set, you can bless your network and expand. Your skills, like those two things are definitely going to work together. There's a lot of real estate agents, fitness professionals, right? Small business guys that have a couple grand a month that they're just, they're not trying to learn Instagram. Like they don't got time to learn Facebook ads, right? They just, they just want to do what they do. They want to, they want to be practitioners of their craft and their business. They don't have time to learn all this stuff. And so you could make really good money doing marketing and media for uh, small businesses, man. And I, and I, 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 I do recommend it because I think the skill set just becomes valuable because mm-hmm. learning how to run someone's social media. Now you're learning copy because you, now you got to write these captions. You're learning the actual algorithms, right? So you got to be on top of it. And I think you're, 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 you're doing a lot of different pieces that I think help um, you develop a very unique skill set. Great. Thank you. Patreon exclusive. I've been working at a podcast for the last six months awesome. or so. You know, it's a vegan, ultra-endurance athlete, influencer guy. I make his, you know, videos going viral for a while, you know, and it was really awesome. Um, and then the videos stopped going viral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. when the video stopped going viral, you know... You don't get the the high, so to speak, the excitement of the super successful video. First question is kind of like, how do I continue to do what I'm doing and continue to like love what I do, even when the videos don't always go viral? Mm-hmm. Um, but then question two, I've been thinking about what if I was to kind of do more of kind of what you're recommending to Angel of like, I should go and find individual groups, individual people or businesses, maybe Christian uh, groups, and try and uh, do video stuff for them on the side. And maybe I'd feel more fulfilled doing that because I know that it's not necessarily about the numbers, whereas at my job at The Influencer, it is about the numbers, kind of. Like, is, is me wanting to do the other thing, just me trying to escape away from the not being viral anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I go about this whole entrepreneur to entrepreneur thing in a way that's, healthy, I guess, is the question. My first question would be, are the viral videos not happening? Is that a letdown for you or is that a letdown for your client? I mean, it's, it's, it's more for me. Okay. You know, I think he he's an older guy. So he's everything that I'm doing is kind of like, whoa, that's I had no idea you could do that. Mm, OK, that's hilarious that I said. Oxnard vegan bakery place to Angel. And then you're like, yeah, I work for a vegan, <laughs> vegan influencer. That's funny. Yes. Um, so <laughs> maybe the metric isn't, is a video go viral or not? I think you need to have some other metrics for your own contribution so that you don't feel burnt out. Because if everything is subjected to an algorithm pushing a video, you, 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 that's not a sustainable business model for you, AJ. So you got to figure out other metrics. So like we have multiple metrics. When we look at what we're doing here, there's a couple met numbers wise. We're looking at a couple things. 
One of them is how many views are we doing on YouTube? Okay, great. We did, like, this was a great month for us. We're over close to 700,000 views, right? That's awesome. If we could crack a million views in a month, that's great. That's one metric that I'm not always in control of, right? Another metric is how is our email list going? Oh, shoot, we got almost 8,000 people on our email list. Great, because if YouTube shuts down, I need to get a hold of these people somehow, some other way. That's a different metric that I'm measuring. Another metric is we're measuring is what's the overall revenue that's coming in, right? So we had a great launch with the Love What You Do, Bless God apparel, uh, with we're doing um, a 65% off for our Master YouTube Live course that's happening right now, right? All all email, all all funnels that I don't even t- I don't even promote the course, but it's 65% off and people could see that. We've sold quite a few of those over Black Friday. So that's a different metric, right? I'm looking at a different metric than just a typical like did a video go viral or not? Because those algorithms are going to change, man. You know, so and 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 you also got to keep up with the algorithm. Right. So if you were doing 15 second videos and those were popping, maybe you need to do a seven second video. Maybe you got to sharpen your skill set and get even better at short form video to go even more viral. Now, there's still organic uh, growth on every platform, Instagram, TikTok. I think Instagram, I think people are asleep on Instagram right now, AJ, because of the share to story video. Meaning if you have a really good video that's under 15 seconds, people could share that mug to their story. And that's a very easy way to go viral on Instagram. So one, I think you need to change your expectations and look at some other numbers than if a video is going viral or not, because that can change, right? So there has to be some other metric you can look at. What's the, is the top line revenue going up? Is he getting more leads? Is he getting more people plugged into his email list? Are more people buying products? Like those are all things that are very important to a business. Um, and, and maybe there's things you could do to contribute to those uh, other variables, those other numbers, right? And again, now you're making yourself a greater asset to the team. If you're like, yo, man, videos are going viral, but let's create a free product or a free, I don't know, recipe, vegan, best vegan recipe ever for dessert, right? And you're going, hey, yo, we're going to create this vegan recipe. Ruslan told me about monk fruit. That's vegan. And then we're going to mix it with this. And everybody who signs up to this email list will get a free PDF of this vegan recipe. Or you do a free course on the best vegan dessert or whatever. I'm just just thinking out loud, right? And now you're building up his click funnel and his email list. And that could potentially get people to buy a product down the down the road because you're just adding value to people. You're just blessing with people. Vegans need dope dessert. Boom. You're giving people something. So that's, an, again, now you're diversifying your skill set. And there's a different metric to look at. Right. The bigger question of, like, how do you remain tapped into loving what you do, in my opinion, is more about your your own mindset and how you're approaching this, right? Because business isn't static. It's not always like an upward trajectory. It's up and down, you know, so you have to find that internally within yourself in terms of the gratitude because I'm sure the version of you from two years ago when you didn't have this client that was paying you two grand a month is probably probably be freaking pumped that you're now in this position and be super <laughs> grateful. So you got to kind of play that game with yourself. Like think about the version of you from two or three years years ago and if he knew the cool stuff you were doing now he'd probably be like aj you gotta man that's freaking dope i was wishing to do this kind of stuff and make this kind of money back then and now you're actually doing it and you you have skills that i don't have and you're making money that i can't think i can make 
So I think you got to stay grounded with that and really step back and and and, and objectively look at the situation that you're in. Because I think like trying to find fulfillment might be a letdown because not work isn't always going to be fulfilling, right? So maybe that's a yeah. adjustment of expectations, right? Like I think about YouTube and how privileged and blessed I am to be doing YouTube, but I don't always find it fulfilling, like. Sometimes it's just like, yo, I don't feel great right now. I just popped this Dayquil, but I made a commitment to show up and I'm here and I sound like crap, but I'm here and I'm grateful for the opportunity, even if I'd rather be taking a nap right now. You have to remember who you were before you were in this position. And we're so quick to forget, AJ. That's why the scriptures always tell us, especially in the Old Testament, remember, I am the God that took you out of here. I am the God that did this for you. I am the God that brought you to the promised land. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, right? God's always telling this people to remember who he is because we're so quick to forget and be like, ah. I got to do YouTube now. I'm just so unfulfilled with doing it. And it's like, fam, I am in like the top 1% of 1% of YouTubers and I have the nerve to complain, right? And so AJ, you're in a very unique spot, bro. Not a lot of people at your age get to do the type of work that you're doing with like pretty cool stuff. Like that's a pretty cool client you have. You know, so I think that's that's about your belief and and, and and what you're thinking about, what you're where you're allowing your mind to go and what are you filtering it through? Is this helping? I think you do have a point in terms of like I I have to acknowledge where I've been brought from as to where I am today and let the gratitude fuel the day to day. Uh, as Angel, let me ask you a question. You was you were in here earlier. And Angel was trying to get his first client at two grand a month. What would you say to a to AJ about this? I'm I'm jealous, <laughs> jealous, but in a good way, motivating me, bro. So definitely, just keep going, you know. <laughs> keep uh, like even I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you. Now I just want you to just you know take into consideration that all right, this guy's grateful for me, you know. Let that let that rejuvenate you. Let that refresh you, you know, and take all of Rusan's tips and just go at it harder, bro. Angel, you would be pumped if you were in AJ's shoes right now, right? I'm, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what this is called, AJ? When you start talking about, like, fulfillment, you know what that's called? It's called a luxury problem. How do I feel? How do I find fulfillment in my work? Like, that is such a, that is such a niche question, you know? Try a gratitude journal. Try writing down three things a day that you're grateful for, right? Like, we do prayer every night, and we open with praise reports. And I, you got to be intentional to find a couple things every day that you're grateful for. And I think the more you lead with that gratitude, um, the more fulfilled you're personally going to be. Patreon exclusive. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. We have a free three-day YouTube challenge. If you're a thought leader, expert, entrepreneur, business owner, you want to get into the YouTube space, make sure you hit the link in the description and sign up for it below. I'll see you next time. Peace.